everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we are talking about Alice Madness Returns. It's about time. Because of the, the White Rabbit. Joining me on this journey into madness is my good friend Craig, who is slightly covered in blood, but smiling a whole lot. I'm late, I'm late, I'm very, very late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Jeez, I gave up on that really quickly. I, I think we did the exact same thing when we talked about the first Alice game, oh, and we'll God. pretend we did that on purpose. Okay, okay, that's good. All right. So, um, I really, really want to get into this game. Mm -hmm. But first, we need to talk stats. So, Craig, read me those beautiful stats. Right, so Alice Madness Returns was developed by Spicy Horse. Uh, published by EA. Uh, I, I'm going to go through a bit more here. So, American me McGee is the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I didn't know American. Ish, yes. <laughs> Uh, music gets a special shout out from Chris Vrenna, who I personally love and want to marry. Kiss um, on the mouth. Oh, easily. Even in these COVID times, I would kiss him on the mouth. Uh, and it was released on Windows, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 across June and July of 2011. Uh, it's an action-adventure, 3D platforming, hack-and-slashy puzzle game uh, based on the Alice in Wonderland franchise with a slight mad twist, an extension of the first game. Uh, I would say more of a mad twist on this one than the first one. Mm -hmm. Like, this yeah. one definitely goes places I don't think the first one really went to. No, no, this was like, you know, like the first one was testing the water. Oh, how are people going to yeah. react if I take this franchise or this beloved thing and make it a wee bit dark? This is like full on what, what happens if I take this down some very dark places. Uh, he forgot his Zoloft for the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, Craig, this is something that we have mentioned a bunch of times on this show. This is like one of the founding pillars of our friendship when we first started talking was Alice. Like, like we liked it, and Mike and Luke are like, whatever, you weirdos. Mm -hmm. um, so, this is our one chance to get everything out about why we both love and are disappointed with this game. Uh-huh. So... Let's start first with your history. Uh, yeah, okay. So I did play this. This was, um, God, oh my God, it was mid-20s when this came out. How crazy. Oh, man. How crazy is that? So yeah, I, I played this when it came out. I was very excited by it. I played it on Windows. Um, I was at the time where I was kind of still trying to get Laura to play PC games. And she did, she did good with a few of them. So um, we cracked into this and... I immediately fell back into those Alice lovely vibes. Like, I love the grim-type twist on anything. Like, it didn't have to be Alice. It could have been, I don't know, Cinderella or... Pippi Longstocking, the Dark yeah, Years. it could have been anything. But the way this game builds on the first one, it just I just loved it from start to finish. 
and it's been in my brain ever since, in my heart, and obviously since we met, we've spoken about it, which is crazy, because that's been five or six years. Yeah. Well, I like to think we were all, we were practicing up until this point, and now watch this episode be a complete dud, where neither of us really have anything to say, because we've said it all. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, my history with this is, oddly enough, this was when I, it was during my PC game phase. Um, I, I played this on the PC, and this was something that um, every once in a while, me, the wife, and the kid, we would sit down and like, hey, let's watch some, you know, see all the new trailers that came out of, you know, E3 or whatever. And like, hey, does anything strike your interest? And we'll write it down on a list of, hey, let's keep an eye on this. Um, this was something that the moment we saw the trailer for it, my wife and kid were like, hey, you need to play that. We want to watch it. It's like, okay, I, I'm game for that. Because I'm going to be honest, like, like by that point, Alice was kind of, hey, that was that old game that I really liked kind of thing. It wasn't really uh-huh. in my heart very much. Uh, so we sat down. They sat and watched the entire thing. And all three of us just kind of like Alice. Um, yeah. Th- this is... This is oddly prescient because while we were both playing this, they decided, hey, pfft, let's do a TV show based on Alice Madness Returns. So that's a thing that is know, probably yeah. going to be terrible, but I'll give it a shot. Like, do you have any interest in that at all? I'll give it a shot, but just because of general curiosity, but I, I'll give it a shot in the way that I gave the Witcher a shot, and I, I didn't get on with The Witcher at all, and I love Henry Cavill. Like, that man could just chat the door right now. Uh, another say, kiss on the mouth. <laughs> Craig, Craig, come with me, and I'll be like, okay. Um, um, and that would be me gone. So, I, and I did give The Witcher a try, but I didn't like it, and I'll do the same with Alice. That's fair enough. I mean, even though I'm, I mean, side note, I really like the game, and I'm just mediocre on the show it's like eh, yeah it's okay I'm, on the I'm starting to watch yeah yeah all right okay i mean i don't like henry cavill as much as you do and uh i mean thankfully that's a role that doesn't require much emotional acting so he's decently good at it <laughs> i dare you <laughs> and our friendship started with alice and it ended with henry cavill okay all right uh, i'm i'm a little nervous on how to actually crack into this but Craig, would you like to give a rough story outline? I'm not too, uh, fair enough, not to worry about spoilers. This is, well, you heard the year it came out. Like, if you yeah. were interested in Alice Madness Returns, you would have played it by now, generally. So, don't worry too much about spoilers, per se, but give us a brief rundown of the story. Yeah, sure. So, basically, this game follows on from the events of the first game, and you think you've murdered your... Yeah, you as Alice think you've murdered your whole family. Um, and your escape from that reality is to escape into Wonderland. But Wonderland has been taken over, probably mentally by all the drugs that you're being pumped full of in the insane asylum, in which you're being... Or not insane asylum, but the doctor that's treating you. Um... So uh, the game is about Alice kind of taking control of uh, her manic stages and it manifests itself in uh, this thing that you're chasing after. It's a train, an infernal train that's ruining Wonderland. And you get this sense that Alice thinks that if she fixes Wonderland, she'll fix her brain. And the game is, like, it's really interesting. The game is about unlocking the memories 
and the realisation that you didn't cause the fire. So it does all knit together in this really great psychological, dark thing. This is like a kid figuring out that they didn't... It's almost it. played a little bit like a whodunit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's like, a, well, if I didn't do it, then who did mm-hmm. kind of thing. So each level that you go through, you unlock a wee bit more of that memory and you go, oh, well, hang on, the fire... It's something about your sister. Your sister... Um, was locked in a room, it turns out, and you suddenly realise, well, that someone locked her in a room, so that's or another piece of the puzzle. the cat was upstairs with me later on. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it really, it, it play, the story plays out in you unlocking all of those memories and piecing the puzzle together. Uh, story synopsis-wise, I think that is about it. Without going into spoilery anything, it, is, it does take place part in London and part in Wonderland each Wonderland, like each level starts in London and something happens, and you kind of zone out back into Wonderland essentially. And each level in Wonderland is a different part of or a different psychological or psyche part of your brain type thing. Very psychonauts, but an internal um, psychonauts. It's like deep diving into yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Introspective psychonauts. And poor Raz. Uh-huh. Raz didn't make it out of that head alive poor little guy uh okay so uh there are definitely some themes and some bits of the story that i want to get into we will give a spoiler warning when that happens because that's also very much open to interpretation uh on that front so let's start with something that we can both agree on and that is the combat so if you have played Anything that came out in this era that was a third-person action game, (laughs) that was very, very, very influenced by God of War. Um, Something like Splatterhouse is also very God of War, like uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow. They're they're all in that, oh, so you guys played God of War too, did you? Kind of thing. Um, It's very loose combat with a bit of a lock-on. So you, you first start with your Vorpal Blade. Uh, it's the same weapon from the first game, and it's very much your four-hit combo melee weapon. As you go on to the game, you unlock other things that are repurposed weapons. Like, your ranged weapon is the uh, the pepper grinder, mm-hmm. and the, your other melee weapon is a hobby horse, and then you get the teapot. Craig, the weapons in this game are uh-huh. lovely. I yeah. love the weapons in this game. They, they really are. It, it adds an extra, that's such an extra bit of flavour where you are actually, you've got to capture collectible dudes who the only way to catch them is to make them sneeze. So you've got a pepper grinder machine gun, which you grind and they sneeze or whatever. And it just, it, add, it adds flavour. Jesus, it's a pepper grinder. It adds flavour. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, there, this isn't really something where you can say, oh, I'm going to play through this time as a range build or anything like that. It's not anything like that. It's, it's no. like the, the, the Artemis bow for, where it's like, okay, I pull this out in certain circumstances. Like, I didn't find myself using the hobby horse very much unless I no. absolutely had to because it is slow as balls. Yeah, uh, no, no hobby horse. Uh, pepper grinder was like my emergency weapon because uh, it's, it's great in an emergency. Um, um uh, that was my teapot. I, I was a teapot in emergency kind of guy. Because okay. you need to calm the nerves and nothing better than a nice warm cup of tea. Uh oh. in addition to combat, uh you can upgrade all of your weapons through teeth. So when you kill an enemy, they drop teeth. I don't get that, Craig. 
That's um, the one thing where it's like, I don't get that. Hello? Oh, sorry. I was just... I'm really sorry. I kind of just thought... I wonder if... So, like, I knew that your teeth falling out in a dream... Like, I've had that, your teeth falling out in a dream. And it's to do with um, anxiety and... Um, what's Anxiety and fear of rejection and all this kind of stuff. So I'm wondering whether it ties... Like, the developers could have went, well, that's gross, but also it kind of ties back into what she's going through. Like, why not? I get... Yeah, okay, so that... So, I mean, the dream angle, that I didn't even picture that. I can't say that lines up great in terms of, oh, here's, you know, point A to B, this is why they did it. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely striking. It's one of the few games where I've ever collected teeth. Yeah. I guess we should mention today's episode is sponsored by Dr. Pulp's Tooth flavored mouthwash. When you want a clean mouth, you need tooth flavored. Um, but yeah, okay. So it was weird. It's like, oh, I just killed this weird blobby thing with a doll head. Oh, it dropped some teeth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, all the weapons are upgradable, and they don't do anything fancy. They don't get new mechanics behind them. It's just, oh, you do more damage, or it charges faster, or things like bigger area effects. You know, you're yeah. your standard. Um. Uh, what's it called? Ah, I can't remember the name of it. It's not called Manic Mode, is it? Uh, oh, God, I don't know. But it's it's not Madness. Hysteria. 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 You're very well done. Jesus. Whew. I'll, I'll um, see bits like that in the conversation. I'll gently tweak it so that it just sounds like you just said Hysteria, you know, without <laughs> or, all the fucking about. Or not. Uh, would you like to explain hyster- how Hysteria works? Um, I can't remember. Okay, all right. So uh, Hysteria is, again, very God of War. When you get to a uh, low point on your health bar, which are roses this time, you can click in the thumbsticks and she goes into invincibility mode for a small amount of time and you can just wreak havoc on, like, I think it's called Wrath of Olympus in in God of War. Do you know, this is, this is, you're going to laugh, but I think I very rarely, if ever, maybe never used that. Like, I don't think... Yeah, I'd... like, there's that one tutorial area where you have to, and that's it. Yeah, I think it, it might have been one of those things where I just didn't use it after that. I'm terribly sorry. That's quite fine, though. No, no big deal. I mean, I mean, I don't think this game, in terms of difficulty, really requires it. But I'm also super familiar with the game. Uh, like, this is probably my fourth playthrough, and this is the last for me. I think I'm going to put this down for a while. Because I got a platinum, and it's like, okay, done. Mm-hmm. You're done. Okay. Um... Out of curiosity, how often do you replay this? Uh, this was like the third time I've played it ever. So we both got some time behind us. Yeah, it <laughs> would be like release, and then when I got an Xbox the first time, and it was it's been on Xbox Game Pass for so long because oh, yeah, just you know, so since then, um, I had a shot of it, and then there, so yeah, three times, which isn't actually too bad for me. Replaying a game in the grand scheme of things, it's not the one. No, I don't. I don't replay games that often at all. So this is like you know this and Splatterhouse, which we're totally going to do mm-hmm. at some point, Craig. Um, in terms of what you're doing gameplay wise, this is very much broken up between, like Craig said, with the uh, the bits in London where you're trying to find out about your family and then something traumatic might happen and you fall back into Wonderland where gameplay is broken up between platforming and combat and never the twain shall really meet ever 
Um, you're never like having to platform and combat at the same time. One interesting thing about the combat is quadruple jump. Best jump in video games mm-hmm. ever, Craig. Yep, it's it's a fantastic jump. Unlike other jumps that we have experienced in the pl- past, it's very handy. You can keep momentum. You can change direction. You don't. It it's very very good. I fi- I mean I find myself at times a wee bit tricky because I would triple jump and triple jump myself and just miss because you triple jump thinking oh I've got tons of-, and then you just miss the platform yep. and then no you slowly float under <laughs> yeah. the platform you're like yeah. ah crap but yeah it, like. My God, it just makes things so much easier because as in 3D platformers, I, I still struggle with you know depth perception and spatial awareness in some things. So you're trying to jump on a platform. It gives you an extra bit of floatiness to make sure you land. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to assign this to the developer. Like I don't want to assign developer intent, but that pretty much to me signals the fact that no, platforming is not really what the core of this game is. Like, we gave you so this tool, and it is so easy to do everything platforming in this game. Yeah. Because of it. Um, all right, so let's talk combat then. Oh, uh, I should mention beforehand, there's also minor exploration when it comes to shrink sense. So yes. once once you find... Uh, well, you go ahead, you can explain that. Yeah, okay, so shrink sense. I do remember, because I did use that. Uh, shrink sense, you can find specific points where you shrink down, and you can go through keyholes. Keyholes are great. There are items behind keyholes which help you. You can use your shrink... Can you use your shrink sense on the flowers themselves to heal as well? Yep. And generally speaking, it's your guide your semi semi good guide to trying to figure out where to go i like i only used it when i absolutely had to i did not fully explore all of this game when i played it but hey yeah it's it's nice enough i don't think it leans too much into it like it really does if you go for the collectibles because like i said i'm for the 100 percent right and um the, the, almost all the collectibles involve string sense in some way. But uh, yeah, like uh, let's talk about how they use that as kind of like that dead space guide thing. Uh, if you use shrink sense mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure where you have to go, you'll see like arrows with little childish drawings of like, you know, skull and crossbones and uh, teeth over here and things like that. They, they use it very much to guide you if you're lost. Now, I don't think there's ever really a spot in this where it branched out so big that I didn't know where to go. No. Uh, Did you ever find yourself lost? The only place I got lost, and we might come to it later, depending on how this goes, but I got really lost in the doll's house at certain points. I was floating about and jumping and trying to probably go the wrong way through that level. And Was I, it with the collapsible houses? Because that's yeah, where yeah. I ran into a little bit of trouble, yeah. Bits with collapsible houses, and then there's certain bits where you can float over to... You look as, It looks as if you should go one way, but you really don't. And there are arrows and bits, but it didn't work at all. And the, the shrink sense side of things saved my bacon several times through that level. Like, I, I might have given up at some point. <laughs> yeah, I we're, we'll talk about the dollhouse level, because I think that's where this doesn't quite get out of bed in time to hit the bathroom, and it just... Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um... We have been fairly positive towards this. I do want to talk about some negatives too because that leaves room for improvement in the next one, hopefully, if they ever make it. Mm -hmm. Combat. 
Does it strike you as brain dead? Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not really a great deal. Where in Lost and Random last week, combat was kind of supposed to be the meat and bones of this. This isn't it isn't at here. It's more just your. It feels almost like you're fighting because you kind of have to just to make it a game. You know, yeah, like, you needed something to do. Yeah, yeah, something to do while you get from there to there to figure out what's going on. You have to shoot these wee floaty things or do this, that, or the other. I, I, I wasn't too keen on the combat this time round. I, I think the the biggest killer for me was, and I, I'm sorry, I, I toot this horn a lot, but enemy variety. Um, by the time you hit chapter like three. You've seen pretty much everybody, except the cards, I think, are the only ones you haven't seen at that point. Um, You get tired of fighting the same blobs all the time. Like, some of the little guys, like the little Mad Hatter minions, they're kind of cool. I like them with their little shield and their teapot or tea Mm -hmm. cup Mm -hmm. hats. They're kind of cool. Uh, The enemies that there are here are really cool designed. Um, But, like, for example, when you're in the Asian level, you fight wasps. And that's all you fight is wasps. And every once in a while you may get one of those, what do they call them, colossi? Uh-huh. The big blobby colossi. Like, every once in a while you may get one of those, but they never really do that thing that most brawlers do. Where, okay, we're going to put this shield, like Arkham does. Like, okay, here's a guy you have to hit with your cape, and here's a guy you have to stun before you can hit him. And here's a guy, like, they never really mix up different styles of enemy. It's all very much just, uh, use your dodge, which, by the way... Great dodge. I do like this dodge. Mm-hmm. But it never really makes you think. Even even hmm, the boss fights to some extent. Was there a boss fight in this that you were like, oh, hey, that was pretty good? Because even the doll maker, I, I don't think, is a great boss. Yeah. No, I don't, I, the, my notes on bosses revolved around, you know, the the factory mad hatter it makes out like you're gonna be a you're gonna have to fight a boss but then it does that whole dub i don't know what it does it does a kind of like it pulls the rug out from under it and you don't actually have to fight anyone at all type thing and i can't yeah you know what i mean like the rest of the bosses even a fake right out that yeah the doll maker a fake out that's the one the doll maker i was like oh okay that's I the just, closest to a boss fight that yeah has mechanics to it um, I just didn't. I, I, it fell kind of flat overall. I, I I will agree with you one hundred percent. Um, much like like Lost in Random, and we paired these up for a reason. Lost in Random, the combat is good but not complex enough. In Alice, the combat is swift. It, it's very breezy to get through the game, but it's brain dead. And they both truck in the same spaces of exploration and storytelling. I mean, boy, I'm glad poor little Odd didn't have to go through this. <laughs> but but they're very much the same in terms of, well, we put combat here because what else were we going to put here? It feels like. Um, there, there's some mild puzzle elements. And by mild, we mean, hey, there's a lever. <laughs> yeah. I should probably pull it. Um, let's talk about Alice herself. Alice ranks up there for some of my favorite video game protagonists. I love Alice in this game. She is just the right level of snarky while not being annoying. Mm -hmm. 
That had to ping uh-huh. while you were talking, didn't it? It did. It did. It just had to ping. Uh, don't worry, Craig. Thirty-six more minutes left, then the potatoes are done. Just oh, good. so you oh, know. Good. <laughs> uh, but what do you think about Alice as a character? Yeah, the same. I really like Alice as a character. I think the game does a really the the first game does a good thing of setting it up, a good job of setting it up. But this game really hammers home her struggle as well as her, you know, what's motivating her, her what her intentions are, her general personality it does a very good character building job to the point where you totally not you are along for the ride and trying to sort her nugging out i'll tell you what yeah like halfway through this game you just want to give the poor girl a hug yeah yeah um i i do i do like like um this is gonna be a little weird to put into words i like if you're going to have uh ancillary characters like the doctors and the nurse and the other doctor (laughs) oddly that are going to be villainous in their intent and in their characterization, you have to make them mean to the main character. And everybody in this game treats Alice like shit. Uh, Except maybe the madam. The madam might be the only one that's like, oh, poor crazy girl. That's about it. Like, I know this is um, over-inflated fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. But I really like... That they were kind of period accurate with how we they treated people with yeah. mental illness. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was very off to the crazy bin and just general bucket loads of abuse thrown in for good yeah, measure. Yeah. Well, well, if electrocuting her doesn't work, let's try drilling a hole in her head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really like how it didn't pull punches in that regard. I thought that was super cool. Also, London looks like the worst place in the world to ever visit, Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's really realistic as a today's representation of how it looks. <laughs> Lots of dock workers. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've mentioned quite a few. Like, if if we're not playing this for the combat and we're not playing it for the exploration, let's talk about what we really appreciate <laughs> about this game, right? Yeah. Boy, that makes it sound really bad. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think the well, the music is is number like that title theme, man. Mm-hmm. That title theme has been on like MP3 players I've had since I played this game. I love that. But let's let's talk about the actual areas, right? Because that's where you're getting a lot of your enjoyment from is just what's coming up next or yeah. what are you exploring now i think that this game puts its worst foot forward in terms of areas like uh okay so the first area oh, well the first area you go is london you're just yeah, yeah, yeah. walking through in your your popeye dress for some reason um but the first area you go is the matter the mad hatter's domain and it's very steampunkish, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, steampunkish. Lot, I, I always str- lots of gears. I, I struggle with general terminology with everything to do with naming things steampunk or this, that, or the other. Do you like this area? No, no, I don't. It's kind of awful, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of awful. Some of the the. You know, the rat maze type puzzles that you have to do and things like that really mm-hmm. irk me. 
uh, I, I just feel like the, the entire area is not great. And you're you're right. It's I don't think it's its worst foot by far. I, th- I think there is a worse foot. Oh, I, get, I guess with. good point. Yeah, but I, I completely and utterly think they 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 didn't. They, no, I think what they were trying to do was tie in the Mad Hatter because the Mad Hatter is quite a core Alice thing. So getting the Mad Hatter in and showing how different this Mad Hatter is and how dark and twisted the whole world was. I think that's what they were trying to do. But a factory is the worst kind of generic level next to waterworks and sewers. I was going to say, or sewers, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just a bit, it's a bit dreary, not in a good design. It's visually uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the weird thing is, is they start this game when you first go to Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat's like, hello, Alice. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, buddy. Yeah. Um, it starts off in a kind of lush, foresty area that is kind of cool visually. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting. You have giant mushrooms and all that Alice in Wonderland stuff. And it very quickly devolves into, do you like gears and sheet metal plating? Because oh, yeah. that's what we have here. Yeah, it didn't. Um, it's not, I never it's quite no get. stranglehold in terms of. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, Sorry. it could have had a much better like stranglehold opening <laughs> level. Um, now uh, here's where I'm gonna mix a little bit of story bit with our talk. Okay. Is the Hatter for Alice or against Alice? Oh, oh, like, do, 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 I, <laughs> I have. No idea. I've never had any idea. I generally think the Mad Hatter is not for or against. I know in some interpretations he's for, but in a really twisted way. I've never seen him overtly against Alice, but I don't think he's... He's not very helpful. (laughs) Well, he he does dismantle the the March Hare little Uh robot thing. Um, And what's the name of the mouse? Um, It's the March Hare and the... The the Spring Mouse? The Winter Mouse. Uh, let's let's call him the Winter Mouse. Sure, yeah, why, why not? not? Um, but while you're doing him favors by like, hey, I need to pull this lever because you can't get in here because I can go small, mm-hmm. and he'll take care of the boss. He's very threatening towards you at all times. Yes, yes, he is. And paying attention to the story, I'm like, are are you for or against Alice, buddy? Like, I mean, I guess that would be. The very definition of being mad would just be like, yeah, whatever. But uh, in this, I, and he also drops off the face of the story. Just like the moment this is done, gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Until you get to those challenge rooms, which I do like those challenge rooms with all three of them sitting there watching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Super cool. Okay. All right. Uh, so after you do a London interlude, you then go to what is my favorite level of this game. And oh. that is... Oh, this is not your favorite level of the game, Craig? No. Oh, okay. Well, this is the diluted depths. Um, I don't think this has a real analogy with the Alice in Wonderland story, but I'm squiffy on that because it's been a long time. Um, uh, this is very much a under the sea. Yeah, the closest I could get was the fisherman and the, the crab. You know, the... When he, the, uh, the fisherman and the crab. Yeah, it's the song from Alice in Wonderland, the original cartoon, um, where where he oh. lures all the 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 bees. Isn't um, that the walrus and the carpenter? The walrus and the carpenter. That's what I said. The fisherman and the crab. Yeah, they, well, it was close. 
Craig, do we need to talk about the difference between a crab and a walrus? Well, no. I, I mean, it's clo- they're both animals. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, so it's fine. Anyway, that's where I thought that, that like it's the only sea-based thing I could think of. And just while I'm talking instead of you talking all the time, I really hate <laughs> underwater things. It's not a thing that I enjoy. So an under anything watery, fishy, blobby is just n- not for me. And you mean psychologically, not yeah, gameplay psych- wise? Oh yeah, psychologically, okay. like okay. I really, I've got a really deeply embedded. If you fear. really want to scare the crap out of Craig, just walk up to him with a barnacle encrusted <laughs> oar, and he'll just just freak out. Uh, uh, that actually just sounds disgusting. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is very much kind of a underwater kingdom that is more like a Wild West border town mm-hmm. underneath yeah, the sea. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have your you have your saloons and your little shop proprietors. Uh, you talk to a bunch of fish people. I again, I like this because the carpenter, right? The way you interact with the carpenter and then the uh-huh. octopus that has to write the play, and then all the poor little oyster ladies. It's just. <sighs> No, it's, it's awful, Craig. It's awful because you know what happens to them all. They all get eaten. They all and then and then the carpenter's like, nah, nah, I don't really care. Um, I thought the voice work on the carpenter was really good. In this, like, he's kind of a bit of a standout for me in terms of that. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's fairly good in this, but every once in a while you'll run across somebody that's like, looks like they're having fun with their role. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's exactly what it is. There's, it's a base level good with some standouts. So then, I take it then, after our next London interlude, the the next area we go to is Craig. Why don't you explain it? Um, okay, so the next level in the game, apart from a, a slight interlude in London, I think, is there a building on fire at the start of this one? I can't quite recall. Yes, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um. You slip back into Wonderland and you are in the Oriental Grove, which is an Asian-inspired... Was that me or your phone? That was me. 24 okay. minutes on the potatoes. Oh my oh gosh, God. I my kid. Uh, it's an Asian-inspired, uh, you know, um, vases and beautiful flowing tapestries and all this kind of stuff. It, this level, to me, has some of the best gameplay elements, including... It's got the whole you have to do three or something or four or something. The core of this is you've got to fix and figure out the stories in, behind tapestries. So you slip into 2D platforming inside tapestries, which I flip. I loved that. Like between going from somewhere grimy and crap like under the sea that I hate, being presented with this beautiful, lush, flowing thing. And then being able to interact with the game in a different way in the the platforming, the the 2D platforming, just really was like, okay, I remember why I'm playing this game. Now, this is why I'm playing this game for me. Oh, oh really? Okay. Uh, So for me, like those, those, I think they're called the Peach Tapestries. Mm -hmm. Um, Those for me are very much like a toll I have to pass. To get oh. through, like I didn't enjoy them at all. It's like, all okay. right, come on, let's get to the, get to the thing. Um, I I really like the world design of this. It's mm-hmm. very much like a mixture between Japanese and Chinese design. Like you, you have these really cool uh, kanji scrolls that that every once in a while one of the kanjis gets set on fire and you have to you know weave left and right to get past it. I really like the origami wasps. That is that oh, is yeah. really cool yeah. design. 
Um, even, even the ants, even the poor little ants that just, just want their chosen hero. Um, mm-hmm. I, everything about this level I find super charming. Just not as charming as, you know, fish yeah. people and octopuses. and Which is just wrong. Which is just wrong. I understand you're angry at me because I insulted Henry Cavill, but that doesn't mean you should insult the noble octopus. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, so next up, after another London interlude, and, and don't worry, we will discuss the story as a whole mm-hmm. towards the end. I'm just kind of trying to put it on the back burner for now. Uh, we have Queensland, or Queensland? I yep. don't know. How do you say it? Is it Lind or Land? Uh, Queensland. Queensland. Yeah, Queensland. Queensland. Okay. All right. Uh, what if you were Australian? How would you pronounce it? Uh, uh, Queensland. Okay, so that's where you get the Lind from. Okay. Okay. I'd, I'd made right. that up. I've got no. I don't know what I even sounded nope. like there. You. You've been saying all this time that you are an authority on Australian <laughs> accents, so I trust your word. All right. So. This is Queensland, and this would arguably be my second favorite. This is very much going to pretty much view what you did in the first game. Like, uh, this is a castle, very ornate tapestries, lots of uh, men with cards with holes in them, and they're Uh undead because, well, that's what happens. Um, Really cool level design here. I, I think it makes the slight mistake of, like, all the times you have to get away from the big guy. Uh huh. Like, that gets a little tired. But the payoff is really good. I, I think, really like the payoff here. Yeah, I, this, is, this is the bit, like, I don't like that in a game at all. Like, it's the worst bit of Ratchet and Clank games is running away from the big guy. Or Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Or Crash Bandicoot. Or anything running towards a camera. I just, I can't stand. I can't oh, stand it, it doesn't bother me too much. I think it just pulls the same trick too many times here. Okay. But, um, so you get you get towards the end of Queensland and you get... You get well. You get the Gogglor moment mm-hmm. from Psychonauts, right? Yep. Like you, you, you eat the cake, you get baked, you step on the guy that's been chasing you, and then you just get to bash all the poor little card guys. It's it's great. It's it is no Gogglor. Like Gogglor is is utterly genius. Yeah, this in direct comparison to Psychonauts, Gogglor wins. Hands. Mm-hmm. I also find it funny. This is where you find the little Raz skeleton. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, you guys knew what you were doing. Oh, they absolutely knew what they were doing. But they, yeah, so like, just Dave, as Dave has men- is mentioning in this level, you can find a burnt dead Raz on a chair. <laughs> Poor little guy. <laughs> like, I just thought it was brilliant. I, th- I think it's funny, and and. Before that point, I was pulling like Psychonauts references left, right, and center, just in terms of how it felt to me, and you're in your own mind and all that kind of stuff. It it does like I said, we lost in random. It does pull or there's lines and parallels between the two. Um, this just confirmed that completely, which is surprising for uh, like like uh, Psychonauts didn't have like a huge cultural splash. It was a huge critical splash, mm-hmm. but. Like not, it's it wasn't a hugely popular game. It, it's no. really cool to see direct I, lines being drawn to a game that's a bit of a cult classic. Yeah, I mean it's a cult classic, but it is pretty like Psychonauts. I, I'm biased here, so I'm going to say something. You're going to be like, no, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that more than like that these two games that we've spoken about in the past couple of weeks that there's a, a heap that pulled on different aspects of Psychonauts and went, oh, that's a brilliant idea type. Yeah, I I guess kind of like how you have a director's movie, you've got to have a game developer's game. Yeah, yep. 
and and maybe more game developers played Psychonauts than the general public. I mean, it wasn't a huge bomb, but it wasn't hugely successful by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And I guess I guess and, and this was of course well before anybody even had a hope for Psychonauts two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, uh, which we should totally talk about Psychonauts two at some point. Boy, we got so many games to play, Craig. This is great. Is it, um, I I I really. Oops, sorry. Is it great? Yes. <laughs> what, what would you rather the opposite? Actually, no. You're right. You're right. It's great. Um, we got the best hobby in the world, Craig. Uh, okay. So once you get towards the end of Queensland, it does this really cool thing where it starts transitioning from like brick and mortar castles to super biological red tentacly stomach acidy look like mm-hmm. it, like it looks like the end of a contra level yeah once you get towards the end of it uh, i really like that um for story bits i also really like the talk you have with the queen um here's the thing that i'm, I'm curious do you get that the queen is supposed to be alice's sister there yeah yeah Oh, see, because the first time I watched it, I'm like, wow, that's a really off-model Alice. That's weird. No, it's, it's definitely supposed to be your sister because it's, it's all manifestations of your own blame and yourself type thing. And your sister blames you for not saving her in your head. Okay. Because oh, I was going to say, it's a little weird that your... Um, what's the, see, this is where my vocabulary starts to fall apart because I'm not super aware of psychological... Uh, vocabulary mm-hmm. but um so in in this story the queen is basically your cognitive function right like she decides yeah, how yeah. you act all that that's weird to me that that is your sister in this but the way you explained it i guess that makes sense okay i mean because her overriding emotion is guilt please for the oh yeah it's guilt it's this is guilt this is a story of guilt and then discovery i don't Please don't take me as the authority on what this is. Oh, don't take either of us <laughs> as an authority on anything dealing with mental illness or survivor's guilt yeah. or the stuff we're going to talk about later. Don't take us as authorities on anything. This is very much two dudes sitting and talking about something, and that's literally it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't diagnose any of this. No. So, after a, again, London transition we get to what is arguably almost bad enough to stop this game in its tracks mm-hmm. and that is the dollhouse this is where certain themes this game has been running through get super overt almost to the point of being teenagery yeah in terms of, like, until now, it, it, you see it dabbling with themes. You're like, okay, I, I can pick up these themes and all that. And then you run through the legs of a doll, and you're like, oh, now oh, I got it now. Uh-huh. Um, this level does not believe in subtext. It believes in bold, aerial, 22-point font text. Yes. Um, this is where you find out the things in the background that may or may not have contributed to Alice's psychological break it's also the level that might psychologically break you so craig why don't you explain why it's terrible why you grit your teeth when you're playing the dollhouse so the dollhouse is it's 
Okay, just to go off their bullet-pointed list uh, after a bit of a description. So the doll's house is, is, as it sounds, it's a doll's house. You are navigating the various rooms and bits and bobs, fighting enemies, uh, and at different times pressing buttons or doing things to change the landscape. So you, you are knocking buildings over or you're making an arm move down so you can jump on it to progress on to the next bit. The biggest problem, other than being too long, is... The signposting is pretty garbage in this. This is like quite a quite a 3D puzzle that you've got to get through. You've got to follow the steps right to drop the arm, to jump on it, to make the wind blow, to do this, to jump, to you know, to float over to a specific place, but none of it feels very clear and like I was lost so many times in this. I spent a long time in one area and there was a hole. There was a, a hole in the wall at the side of me, and I couldn't see it because of the texture behind the hole looked like it, it just didn't garbage. Look like, it just looked like garbage. So I just, I really, I really, really, really. Str- Some levels of stranglehold were better than this level <laughs> of this game. Um. All right. So I think it's fair enough to say that we, as a corporation here at the Bit Effect, are willing to state that Doom Eternal is better. Than the dollhouse level of Alice. Yeah, I mean, what what do you think? Because like for me, it went, it was very much like it was it was bad. It was really long, and it just it did it for too long. You know, there was too many changing. Well, yeah, this is one of the levels, that, one of the worlds. I guess would be the best way to put it, where it's split into two very distinct areas. There is the the what you would think of as a dollhouse of like it, it's meant to. Uh, I'm guessing uh, represent the orphanage. Yeah, and so yeah. you have lots of children's blocks and doll houses and and doll heads and you know just that kind of thing. Um, the problem comes in like when you start getting the collapsible houses. There's times where they didn't clearly signpost. No, you're not supposed to jump from here. You're supposed to go back down a little yeah. bit, and jump from there. Uh, there is there is no signposting really at all. Like, you'll flip a switch and you'll see, oh, okay, this platform dropped. You have no idea where that platform is. You just kind of have to go to the end of the house and look out and be like, okay, where's there a platform now? Mm -hmm. It really doesn't work very well as a platformer level at all. Then you throw in the combat with some of those, uh, the babies, just harrying you. It's like, eh, it's just enough to to make you start to grind your teeth a little bit. Then you get to the second bit and you have the factory problem again. Everything is like black plywood and spikes and glass. And you just don't know where to go sometimes because everything looks exactly the same. Uh, You also have the Super Monkey Ball uh, Terrible Edition. Yes. With the heads. Uh Uh, So there's a part where you have to go through an obstacle course. Like think like a Super Monkey Ball-ish if you're viewing it from the side. Obstacle course as a doll's head to unlock a switch. I see what they were going for and the idea is cool, but that thing controls like a dump truck and it just ends up not being very fun. I I think this was a level that again, I don't know, really needed more time put into it to bring it up to the level of, because we've had three bangers, man. Uh uh You may not like the underwater, but the underwater level is good. Yeah, yeah. The the Asian level's good. The Queensland's good. You, like you had banger, 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 and then just. I think. 
Yeah, and is this the level, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and if you've already just said it just there and I've completely obliviously <laughs> like missed it, but is this the level where between each section you have to go down the slides? Because the slides themselves, whatever level that is, is hell for me. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, hold on. Let's pause on that for... Why did you have a problem with the slides? For me, they were just, hey, it's kind of a fun diversion. I kept on falling off. Really? Yeah, yeah, like, like I really I really struggled with those slides. <laughs> oh, no, I was doing that thing where, okay, you're in, a, like, a curly queue, and then you'll you'll fly off one end, then jump and hit at a later point, kind of uh-huh. like you do in Super Mario 64. Yeah. Like, I was doing all that kind of stuff without a problem. I, I didn't fall off once. Oh, no, I, I fell off quite a lot, and it was trying to do stupid things, like, like you say. <laughs> doing the Super Monkey Ball cheat? Yeah. Oh man! Uh, yeah, th- th- that was that was throughout the whole game. There's like r- little bits in each level. Like there, mm-hmm. that was under the sea. That was also in. Um, okay, I think that was in the Oriental Grove as well. That may have been, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there's re- and there's the problem that kind of compounds onto the dolls. By this point, you're tired of seeing the same enemies, and this area only has one enemy. So you've done all these uh, fights, yeah. and this this is really bad about locking you in a room and being like, all right, just kill everybody. Why not? Uh, so, yeah, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, this level is just bad. And it's, it's really a shame because this is the last level, and at the end of it, you fight the Dollmaker. Um... The Dollmaker is designed like somebody drew it on the back of their composition notebook. I can't say I'm a huge fan of the design of the Dollmaker. Yeah, same. Not not particular design. And I kind of like the fact that it turns out it's, you know, the Doctor. But I just don't like the actual look of it or the mechanics, actually. Really, to be honest, it's a bit... It's a bit simple, but... Um, the, the mechanics are very much... Um, boy, I don't know if you'll remember this, Craig, but one of the Zelda games that we did, um, there was the boss that has just the hands with the eyes in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much that boss. I can't remember the name. That's not Uncle Bongo or Uncle Boingo or Danny Elfman, but <laughs> it, it's 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 that boss style. It's just like, oh, hit the hands, and then, oh, you can hit him in the face. Uh, it, it's not a great boss fight. Also, uh, again, on the story front, the way the doctor taught the speech that you get beforehand took something that was cool subtext and theming and just, <clears throat> it's like, oh, I get it. Okay. I get it. You're a bit of an asshole. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Get it. Um, I-, I was a little disappointed by that. Now, Craig. Yes. Let's talk story. Okay. Because this is arguably the thing that grabs your heart the most in this game, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a story. Or me, at least. Um, I, I have a question about the ending that I'm going to save because I'm curious to see what you think. But, okay, um, spoiler warning um, might be uncomfortable if... Uh, oh, boy. I never thought I'd say these words on this show, Craig. Uh, if, if child molestation and grooming gets to you, uh, you may want to... Take a pass on this game? Because that, that's the themes it's trucking in. So, long story short, uh, the doctor was grooming Alice's sister. Alice's sister said, nah, fuck off, kind of thing. And that's why the doctor burnt down the house. Because, well, you know, you don't want that kind of thing getting out. Um, 
Not that I would know. Just saying. <laughs> I don't, you said that with some authority. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, later on, that doctor is the exact doctor that's also treating Alice. And he, what his, I guess, therapy methods are is represented by the train that is demolishing Wonderland. Yeah. Uh, the doctor is trying to groom you. He is pumping you full of meds and just hoping you stay a pretty comatose little girl. Like, I don't know how old Alice is supposed to be in this. Is she 17? I actually don't know. Yeah, let's let's go with 17. Why not? Okay, 17. Still still illegal. Still really creepy level young. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game is pretty much a story about Alice noticing this, reconciling with it, and then revenge. I, I guess that, that's yeah. it, right? I think, I think so, um, yeah. <laughs> Especially so, the revenge. Yeah, well, uh, uh, push and revenge is done. Uh-huh. Okay, so, Craig, first off, I don't see... At the time, definitely, this really hit me for, whoa, that's a type of story you don't see in video games very often. Yeah. Right? Like, nowadays, we do have games that deal in, in heavier themes like um, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Not the same theme. But it deals in heavier themes like that, right? Yeah. And it does so with a, a kind of joy and wonder in Cyanor Wild Hearts. Whereas here, this is you're very much meant to feel skeezy by the end of this game. Yeah, I think so. That like the one saving grace is the fact that you do get that sense that Alice has actually fixed her head. You know, from do you? I do. Do you not? Okay, well, well, I guess... Well, we could um, put, we put can a pause on it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk okay. about when, when we get to the end. So, is this... Out of curiosity, is it the game itself that sticks with you? Or is it the story that stuck with you? Oh, the story. 100% the story. Because I... Like, I'm a story-driven person. And, like, if we did the usual questions of... Does this hold up today? I'd be saying, oh, mechanically, no. But the story, very much so. Because you still don't see a lot of this gritty... The like it's, it theme the themes that it addresses, like you say, they're just not. It's not. It's not popular. You don't often get a fetch quest to fetch a child for a molester no. or something like that. Like unless I'm, you're playing Divinity and then you walk around with a kid's corpse in your backpack yeah, for half true. the game. That's very true. Um, so I think it still does stick with me, and it did hit me really. And I was young, youngish. No, was I young? Yeah. Is that young? You had kids at that point. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where you're kind of like, uh, that's when things start taking a different tone, and that yeah, I just well, oh, I felt blah afterwards. It was a bit of a put that down and let's just sit in a corner for a wee while type <laughs> game. Uh, uh, yeah, Psychonauts did not truck in these kinds of themes. Oh no, um, thankfully, um, I I think. Okay, so let's talk about something that makes us both kind of icky mm-hmm. to talk about, because I, I think it, it does need to be talked about, is how this game handles those themes. Like, we're looking at it now as guys in our 30s as opposed to guys in our 20s. How do you think this game handles those themes? And here's the the, the meaty question. Do you think it should with how it handled them? Um. I I think it handles it quite well because like the whole Alice in Wonderland thing is a framework for exactly this. It's for building 
allegories and different interpretations of deep psychological issues and deep things that are going on in Alice's brain. So it's a good framework for doing this. You could take, I imagine, any number of traumatic, you know, like in Psychonauts with Mr. War PTSD style explosions everywhere brain and all of that kind of stuff. Like... The, your imagination and in, and your psyche is a great place to explore anything, really. True. This is true. Um. So yeah, I think I think it's good at what it does, and I think it should. I, I think it should have done what it did. The first game set it up perfectly to keep on going. Well, well, that, that that's the thing I want to talk about when we. Uh, after this, right, is they don't quite line up like puzzle pieces because, like, no. nowhere... I, I replayed the first game, mm-hmm. right? And, because I wanted to see, like, nowhere in the first game does it mention the Doctor at all. Okay, yeah, things like that, it doesn't, yeah. So, I, I'm fine, I'm fine a little bit with the retcon. I'm mm-hmm. fine. That also plays into misremembering things and not quite grokking your situation. That's fine, I'm fine with that. Um... In terms of the themes of child molestation and grooming mm-hmm. that goes on, I think they do a good job when they're hinting towards it. When they have the outright doll maker speech of, oh, children are just my playthings. Yeah. And yeah. That kind of thing. Like, that goes... Uh, I don't want to use this word, but it, it it's not irresponsible. It's juvenile. Like, like, it's a very juvenile way of looking at it and dealing with it. To me, personally. Um... I, I think it was very smart of them to truck in themes that make sense for this because, you know, that whole story behind um, Lewis Carroll and the actual Alice Little, they're 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 not great either. So, like, this, this story always has those undertones for me. And I think they did a great job of picking a franchise, I guess, franchise, a an IP that trucks in those kind of squiffy overtones anyway. I think they just kind of shit the bed at the end about it. And they don't really have anything to say that, God forbid, if you're dealing with that kind of stuff yourself, there's not really any kind of, hey, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not con... uh, The word that starts with con. Um, Condescending? No! Confrontational. I can't think of the word. Uh, There's no, like... um, Con- there's no solidarity session. offered there's by no- this. Yeah, cons- yeah. There's no concessions to if you're actually dealing with this. Um, here's maybe a message that you can take away that might mean something. To- it, it, it doesn't really truck in that. It, it kind of does a complete switch to. And now it's about revenge. It's like okay. I mean, I still like the story quite a bit, but I think it 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 started cashing checks it didn't have the cash for. Towards the end, so yeah, I I think the good intentions going into this trucking in these kind of themes just didn't quite stick the landing on mm-hmm. it. But uh, yeah, this this game has stuck in my brain for that reason. Yeah. Is the oh, plus I mean I just I just really like the character. I think this is my favorite iteration of that character ever. Yeah. So there's that. All right, so let's talk about the ending because you think she comes away from this on the path to. Recovery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because when you're walking through the streets of London, you start seeing mushrooms and stuff popping up like she's going back into Wonderland. I thought that was more of a... 
Okay, yeah. I think it I think she f- she finally reconciles the bit the, like the whole journey she's been on for this game, right? As fixing a uh-huh. bit of her brain. And I took the whole mushroomy type thing as being well, now she's more in control and she's more like it's not it's mushrooms popping up. It's not like tiny wee goblins that are coming to stab her. I guess I guess that it depends on if you view Wonderland as a good or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's I I thought it was more like a oh there could be a third there could be something else going on here that's a third game type thing. But I, I think it's I think it's genuinely I think it's just a nice ending. Okay, so you're optimistic about her chances. I'm kind yeah. of pessimistic about yeah. her chances. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Uh, there was for a long time, I think since 2017. A third game in the works called Alice Asylum. And now that obviously means she it, it's not just gonna be her holding a day job and maybe getting a family or anything <laughs> uh, like that. Yeah. But um as it sits now, that's still very much in the ether. Mm-hmm. I I I I would love to have it come out. I mean, that's his little final thoughtsy, but uh, I I really hope this game at least gets to finish off a trilogy. Of this is Alice Little. How do you? What do you think about it? Like, is this enough of an ending for you to be like, eh, okay, I'm good. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's enough because I think the major thing, the major boxes are. I'm a simple man, so the major boxes are ticked. She shoves the guy in okay. front of the train and gets her revenge. So I think at, at that level, yeah, it absolutely is. But there's, there was always bound to be outstanding bits and bobs of questions. I guess. I guess. I guess for me that that's yeah. That's, I mean, it, yeah, it depends on the ending. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, how you view it? I, I, and I think yeah, like I'm overly optimistic of her chances, as you say. So. Well, the lady needs a good day every once in a while. She, does. she definitely does. Uh, out of curiosity, if you've played this and you've seen the ending, I'd be really curious to see what you think. You can hit us up at the website and let us know because um, this is something that uh, I always see 50-50 split of people saying, no, it's bad, no, it's good. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Okay, so let's start wrapping this up because it's been really nice talking about this game with you, Craig. It's yeah. been really nice to get this out. It's been good, but you're right. I feel less chatty about it right now because we've spoken about it over the years, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know why I feel a bit more reserved right now. Like I, I really thoroughly enjoyed playing this game again, despite all of its flaws. Despite the you know like terrible platforming in the dollhouse and the you know, I just leveled up my Vorpal blade and just started hacking everyone, and that was me kind of half happy. So I, th- I think, like. Because of that, I was more just like, it was just nice, this, like, like the official stamp, I'll, I'll probably not play it again now, this is the official stamp of, I've played it for the show, I've spoken to you about it, I'm really gloriously happy that it exists and I won't play it again. I'm kind of, the, that's why I wanted to make sure I platinumed it, because, like, again, for some reason that's my stamp of, like, I liked you, um... Yeah, I, I'm very much in the same boat. I probably will never play it again. Even if a three comes out, I will just listen to this episode again uh-huh. and be like, oh yeah, okay, got it. Um, I would... Hmm. I, uh, we do this on the other show, Craig, but I am curious. Mm-hmm. Do you think the story would be worth going back to a semi-archaic gameplay 
to experience. Like slap it on easy and rip through it just for the yeah. story. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think it does. It is one of those ones where a uh, story mode is completely applicable because it, it is. It does get you. It it does get you, and it's not. It's not easy enough for us to just say, "Well, you know, the doctor's a bit of a bad man, and he's doing this, that, and the other." The way that everything unfolds in the game is fantastic. Like it's a really well told story. It's well paced right the way through. I don't think us talking about it does it justice. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we did have like even the interstitials of those those animated things. Like, there's not a lot of animation there, but I really like the design of those like cutout doll interstitials. Yeah. Um, I think what strikes me the most about this, going back to it, is again with the story, is this is a story you don't expect a AAA game to tell with a AAA game. Like, this is something that you would see in Brothers or uh, uh, Sunless Sea or Papa E.O. or any of those other indie, artsy kind of games. But this is that kind of story and exploration of a psyche with a AAA shell, which is... Maybe that's why it, it always sticks out in my brain. No, maybe. Yeah. Because God of War certainly wasn't trucking in these <laughs> themes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, my my final verdict is play it for the story. Even watch a YouTube for the story. I guarantee you, if you can find another game like it, uh, then you have a pair because there's not much that's going to deal with these kinds of themes and story. All right, Craig, mm-hmm. what's up next? Uh, 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 I'm certainly not googling our spreadsheet to make sure um... I know what's up next. No, I'm not Googling our spreadsheet to make sure that I know what's up next, either. Absolutely not. Oh, oh. So it is <clears throat> Agatha Christie, The ABC Murders, and Sherlock Holmes, Crime and Punishments. It's Murder Mystery May! Woo! Or March! Or what? No, wait, 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 what? May, May, May. Okay, it's Murder Mystery May, guys! Um, me and Craig also have a huge affinity for Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and Hercule Poirot. And we decided, since these games don't get talked out very much at all, it would be really cool to do these. Now, the cool thing is, I hate these style of games. But boy <laughs> howdy, I love these characters and the mysteries they solve. Yeah. So we're going to see how that goes for somebody that doesn't like adventure games. So if you have anything to say on Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders, also a great book, you should read it. Uh, Or Sherlock Holmes, Crime and Punishment, read them all, they're great. Uh, Or uh, Alice, please let us know on the website at thebiteffect.com, where you can also suggest a game for us to rip into. So, thank you very... Oh, you know what, Craig? Mm -hmm. We don't really get tons of feedback, but just in case somebody... You know, one of those nice people that does give us feedback wants to get in on this. So the month afterwards, oh yeah, we are we are we decided to go a little bonkers with <laughs> uh, assignment play here. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, for me. We're doing near replicant the remaster. Yep. And Craig, tales of arise the latest and so, the tales of series and the last chance saloon for the the, the last chance this has got. Um. Yeah, so we decided two JRPGs in a single month would be fun because we're stupid. 
But uh, that this way you have a little bit of lead time in case you would like to play along with the show or whatever. Buckle down and get some nice comfy clothes on because you're going to be sitting in that chair a while. Oh, God. All, right. All that's... Oh, God. It's going to be rough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening. And we will catch you next time when Craig will wear a fancy mustache. I will wear a deer hunter hat. And we will solve us some murders. Um. Um. Uh, say goodbye, my friend, in French, because you are Poirot here. Okay. <clears throat> Au revoir, mon ami. Yeah, I'm gonna be your Hastings.